0: Hey, it's Mraz. Welcome inside the best of the DA show. Will Dalvin Cook help the Dolphins should he go there? Is Crumble Cookie a national thing? And Decade of DA starts to look back some of the moments of me.
2: It's the best of the DA show now. We start in football where the Minnesota Vikings cut bait with one of the more productive running backs in the NFL, Dalvin Cook. After last year, the Vikings winning the division, hosting a home playoff game, Instead, this year, they said Cook ain't worth it because we don't want to pay him the running back fee. Rather save that money for elsewhere on the team, and that means Dalvin Cook is available. Now, Cook, again, wildly productive. What price you can get him for is the question. But who's in on Dalvin Cook now as a free agent? It appears at least one of those teams is the Miami Dolphins. And Dalvin Cook, originally a Florida guy, went to Florida State. From the state. So. The Dolphins reportedly. Have given an offer. To Dalvin Cook. Out of all the teams that have shown interest. The Dolphins reportedly have given him. A contract offer. Should Miami. Make sure they lock up. Dalvin Cook. In a, in a hyper competitive AFC. It is where we begin. You're cold open. It was an issue
3: because like. You never knew the certainty of my shoulder. Like, you never knew if it would come out or not. I kind of had a plan in my head of how to, you know, get through a season. And it's always in the back of your head when you take any carry. Like, when you get the ball, it's always in your head. Like, my shoulder could possibly come out. Like, now I could be Dalvin Cook back to Florida State. Dalvin Cook and just turn it loose. It's be me.
2: I don't believe it. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. That was Cook describing his shoulder injury. Tom Pelissero, NFL Media, has said the Jets, the Broncos, and the Patriots have all shown interest and that he does have multiple offers. But the Miami Herald is reporting the Dolphins are one of those teams that are at the forefront of interest, that they have also been one of the squads who have offered Dalvin Cook. Now, note that Cook mentioned the Jets and Dolphins specifically calling the Dolphins, since he's a Miami native, a, quote, natural fit. I don't think the Dolphins have to get Dalvin Cook to be winners this year. I think the Dolphins are good enough, and they showed that last year through the first two months of the season, three months of the season. They were right in the... Playoff hunt. They were in the playoff hunt right to the very end and were the number one seed in the AFC through 10 games. that then obviously made the postseason last year as a wild card team, but had their backup quarterback, Skyler Thompson, to that wild card lost the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they have to have Dalvin Cook. It's a good running back depth chart, maybe not a great one. They've got Raheem Mostert, they've got Jeff Wilson. They're good, maybe not great, but they can be fine. The bigger question about the Dolphins is not, do they need Dalvin Cook? It's, can their quarterback stay healthy? Tua Tunga Bailoa. When Tua was healthy last year, they were one of the best teams of the AFC. When he wasn't, the end of the season, they kind of came apart. And that was probably the difference in them winning that game in Buffalo versus losing that game. They were pretty close. It wasn't much of a contest early, but they closed the gap late and it was a one-score game on the final possession. But I do think that Dalvin Cook is, if you can get him on a contract which has little risk to you, you don't want to give him guaranteed money for multiple years, if he wants to play Miami because he's from there and you have touches to give him, then absolutely you go out and do it as long as you don't have to pay him cash beyond this year. Because that's the big question. You don't want to be locked into his shoulder. You don't want to be locked into an aging running back. You don't want to be locked into a guy that has a lot of touches over the course of the first part of his career. But the Dolphins would be silly not to reach out and and be interested, not give him a contract offer. Because if you add Dalvin Cook to an already dynamic offense with Tua, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, and the rest of those guys, you could be really a next-level type of offense. And in the AFC, what is it going to take to truly be a great team? Note the three teams in the division that have shown interest and or offers to Dalvin Cook. Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, chasing the Bills in the AFC East. So if you're the Dolphins, you've got to get out of your division, which include the Bills. You've got to look at the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. In the AFC North, the Ravens should be back, considering Lamar Jackson is back, and the Bengals are clearly contenders. In the AFC South, the Jaguars took a big step forward last year. It's a brutal AFC. So, yeah, if you're the Dolphins and you can lock in Dalvin Cook, you definitely do it knowing it's a it's a benefit to your offense and try to get your way out of the division to make a run, but I don't think it's mandatory. I think if they swing and miss with Dalvin Cook, it's okay. Miami should still be very, very good this upcoming season, assuming their quarterback can be healthy. And that's a big assumption. Let's face it. 855-2124-CBS or on Twitter DA on CBS. It has become rote. It has become cliche to just say, wow, can you believe Shohei Ohtani? Have we ever seen anything like this? Haven't seen anything like this since Babe Ruth. But we really should pause routinely and note what the hell is going on. Because it still defies belief. Last night, Shohei Ohtani hit two home runs. He also struck out 10 batters. He was the starting pitcher last night for the Angels, and he hit two home runs and struck out 10 as the Angels get the win last night, 4-2, over the White Sox at home. Shohei is a starting pitcher this year. Is seven and three with a three oh one ERA. Last night he went six and a third, gave up only one earned run, struck out ten, and walked two. I'll say that again. Shohei went six and a third last night, scattered four hits, gave up one run, struck out ten walk two. So a 10 to two strikeout to walk ratio. It gives him his seventh win of the year. He's seven and three with a 302 ERA. So about midway through the season, he's on pace for about 15 wins and a three ERA as a starting pitcher. He hit two home runs last night. They win 4-2. So the Angels scoring comes from Shohei's solo home run of the first a Fletcher, Fielder's Choice RBI, a Mustakis RBI single, and another Shohei solo home run. So two of the four runs come on Shohei bombs. Shohei has now hit 13 home runs this month. Shohei, again, has 13 home runs this month. And we're now again... About halfway through the season, so go ahead and double some of these numbers if you just want to extrapolate it. Shohei has 28 or 29 homers. He has 28 home runs. So Shohei is now on pace for 56 home runs and 15 wins and a 3 ERA is a starting pitcher. Uh, What is going on? And he's had amazing seasons, obviously, to this point in time. And we debated this at the end of last year. Should he just be the MVP every single season? Because even if Aaron Judge does what Aaron Judge did last year, if Shohei is 80% of the best hitter in the game and 80% of the best pitcher in the game, How is it possible anybody could be more valuable? This dude is on pace for more than 50 home runs. In an era where, I know Aaron Judge did it last year, but it's not the steroid-induced, crazy, inflated home run numbers anymore. He's on pace for 50 home runs and is their ace. (laughs) Their starting pitcher ace. I don't know. I would imagine if Bogus at the Plate was still a thing, Mm. that every podcast, every week, was it a weekly podcast? Uh, I believe (laughs) so, yeah.
4: (laughs) Or bi-weekly? No, it was definitely weekly. One time it might have been twice a week, but it was definitely weekly. Primarily a weekly baseball podcast. Yes. If we were still doing Bogus at the Plate, if you didn't lead with Shohei every week, you'd have to include Shohei every week. There'd be a cleverly named Otani segment, at least, every single time. It's okay. time for Bogus at the plate <clears throat> Because I love the guy. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here, and I'm never going to let anybody, like, sl- slouch on understanding what's happening here. How do we understand it? You can't. I mean, that's the, I think that's the message. Like, it's not supposed to be like this. And I know we had a very heated MVP conversation last year between the three of us, comparing Aaron Judge and Otani. And Judge's injury has taken him off the table. But again, like he hits like Judge, and then he pitches like an ace. And Judge stands in the outfield and plays a good outfield. That's fine. But like, there's just there's no way to compute that. And he plays every day. He's not taking multiple days off a week to rest for pitching he pitches maybe the next day he's off but he goes back to dh and he just hits and he's crushing the ball and it's just every single day there's some kind of new anomaly combination of this passing that guy no one's done this since 19 whatever it's just it defies explanation and last
2: year the combination of shohei and judge for the mvp race was a was a fun debate because judge was having a historically great year right Arguably the greatest offensive year of all time because he hit more than 60 home runs and also his batting average and RBIs right. were huge. Let's just take that off the table just because that was also kind of an anomaly type of season. Shohei every year is putting up bonkers offensive numbers. Yeah. If he has more than 50 home runs this year and more than 100 RBIs, which seems pretty likely, and also wins 15 <sighs> games. Right. Right. And goes deep in the games. I just don't know how you can even begin to compare him to anybody else that has played since Babe Ruth. But Babe Ruth really wasn't great at both at the same time.
4: No, I mean, it very quickly became just Babe Ruth the hitter. There have been, and some of these things have popped up at times, there, ha- there were more comparable players in the Negro Leagues that both pitched and hit mm, and it did well. But, he, but it, it's just, even that is 80, 90, 100 years ago. No one alive has seen this. Like, just like no one alive has seen this. He's going to have fifty-six home runs. Yeah, he leads the majors with twenty-eight
2: right now. He had thirteen this month, mm-hmm. and he's their ace.
4: <laughs> yeah how how could that be? And they're Take finally that. And they're finally goodish. They're finally goodish. So we might see him in the playoffs. We might see them manage him in the playoffs. We might see him do this kind of nonsense in the playoffs, which would be amazing. That's why if the
2: Angels ever wanted to trade him or were willing to trade him, I really don't know what the trade package would be because you'd have to basically give up twice the amount of prospects and resources and assets that you would get for one half of who
4: he is. Right. I mean, the Juan Soto trade's a starting point, and they, the Nats got Mackenzie Gore, who's their second best starter right now, C.J. Abrams, who's their starting shortstop and a good young player, and I think the two best players are still minor leaguers. And there and it was three other players involved. So you have to start there and then add on to that. Because Juan Soto isn't an ace. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Oh, boy. And Shohei. Did you see last his second home run last night came, I think, with two outs? And he was still pitching. So as he's coming back to the dugout, he's giving hand gestures to say, I can't do our home run thing. They have this, like, samurai helmet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they gave it to his interpreter, and he just held it and walked down the line to celebrate and said, well, Otani, ran off the field, I guess, to reset into pitching mode.
2: It's unreal. Shohei, last night, two home runs and gets the win in a 4-2 victory by throwing six and a third. presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you,
1: but they can't eat you.
2: And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them.
1: The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck.
2: And welcome back. You can always listen to the DA Show on hundreds of affiliates nationwide across the CBS Sports Radio Network and also on Sirius XM, channel 158. Sound check begins with Angels manager Phil Nevin after we were just talking about this. Shohei hits two home runs and throws for six and a third, gets the win, strikes out 10, walks only two, gives up only one earned run in a 4-2 Angels victory over Seattle last night.
1: I think we come in here a lot and to talk about it, it's, you know, it's, it's a wow factor. Uh... I think what's cool is watching you know new guys come in like moose and Eski here today, like they see this, and like <laughs> they're in amazement, right, and we all are it's just for the first time to see it and um, you know the performance today was was incredible.
2: It's amazing because for essentially the better part of a century, one hundred years, every baseball player ever has been told you got to pick one of the two because you can't be good at both. It's not possible to be good enough for the bigs in both. So if you're a hitter and you also pitch for your little league team, for your high school team, for your travel team, they're like, yeah, you're going to have to only hit because you just can't do both and get to the bigs. And if you're a good hitting pitcher like a Granky, like a Madison Bumgarner, like somebody else, They're like, you should definitely not practice hitting because you're not going to be good enough to hit in the big. So just make sure you just worry about pitching. And now 100 years of conventional wisdom in baseball has been thrown out the window because one guy is awesome at both. Doesn't seem to be hurting either part of his game. Here's Zach Bryan, country music star. That's right who over the weekend was holding a show in Philly no here in oh, in, in, new, in, this, in
4: new york it was in new york
2: it was in queens oh in sorry in a borough outside of yes where we work
4: correct oh this outside was outside of flu pork this was at the home of the National League baseball team. No incorrect well as well it was at the former the original home of the U.S Open tennis oh. in Forest Hills.
2: I see okay, so a little concert venue over there Zach Bryan, country music singer who's actually in the state where this football team resides kind of they're named after it. Daniel Jones in attendance. He plays for that football team. And Zach Bryan doesn't care what state he's in or what quarterback's in front of him. So, that's kind of hard to hear, but Meraz, you can interpret for me the country music portion of this. That was a song that Zach Bryan sings? Yeah,
0: I, I think it was called The Revival. He's going back and forth. So, he's up there with Daniel Jones, arm in arm Daniel with him. Jones is on stage. On mm-hmm. stage. Daniel Jones might be a little inebriated. This was something that went viral over Whoa. the weekend. He got paid, and now he's very relaxed Is here. that so? So, he's swaying back and forth, and this oh. guy... Ruins the good moment by turning to him, but maybe supporting the good moment for the show and yells, Go Birds. Zach Bryan does. Yes, he does.
2: Is he from Philly? Don't
0: know where he's from. But, but he's I, an Eagles fan. He's an Eagles fan. Rare rare to have many country music stars come out of Philadelphia. True. Right. So I don't. maybe a McNabb fan early. I don't know. But he yelled, Go Birds, which maybe he felt more invigorated to do so since, you know, we're a show doing a show from New York that's anti-New York.
2: That's right. So... If you didn't catch this, when we learned of Moraz's relocation, basically hmm. the league is relocating Moraz to a, a different radio station, different show. Me Get and the, the May- A's. What's that? Me and the A's. Get yeah. the
3: Mayflower trucks.
2: <laughs> That's right. Under cover of night, they brought the Mayflower trucks over to the DA show's offices. They've thrown Moraz's chili costume in there. <laughs>
0: Pounds Some of, of his, food.
2: his stained jerseys.
0: <laughs> hey, Bones, you get to sit there doing nothing. At least you
2: can do his laugh on Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and they're moving him down the hallway. So I said, you know what? Enough is enough. I know there's plenty of affiliates out there. that are like, too much New York. Too much stuff from New York. Too much, too much. So I'm saying embargo right now. We're not doing any NY stuff around here. I don't care if Pete Schwartz has his Islanders polo on. We're not talking about him. We're not <laughs> identifying them. We're anti New York around here. Never to be heard from again. We're not doing that green team stuff. We're not doing that big boo stuff either. <laughs> We're not talking about Buck Showalter's sucky team. We're not talking about injured Aaron Judge. We're not doing John Sterling getting hit by baseballs in the jaw. Well, <laughs> well might uh, we, we might do. <laughs> we might still do that. But we're not doing it. Bob's Bar's in New York, by the way. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. There's but- an expiration oh. date on oh, oh. But for now, there's an embargo. And I stand with Zach Bryan, who is from
4: Oklahoma. Oh, Jalen Hurts. So he's a new Eagles fan?
2: It's a little... They like the Sam Bradford Eagles, too. It's a little vague on the Wikipedia page here. I don't know how he became an Eagles fan. But anyway, that's it. Oklahoma. We're pro-Oklahoma. We're anti-Big Apple we're pro Go Birds. We're anti Go Blue.
0: We're not doing that around here. I remind everybody: download and subscribe to New York Accent everywhere you can get podcasts.
2: This week, we're not doing New York on New York Accent. It's Joe Thiesman. <laughs> embargo lives. <laughs> the embargo lives. We're doing villains of New York all summer on New York accent. Next week, John Rocker. We're just.
4: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad idea. You could book yourself a Chipper Jones in a hurry and have a pretty good New York accent. That's right.
2: Bro. That's right. We're all anti everything New York around here. So Pete, sorry, not to take that polo off. You Cap? don't want to
1: see what's underneath that's it. A that's a 10 a.m. That's a, that's a, that's,
2: a
4: very, that's a very
1: good
4: point. We've also already had one anchor take his shirt off during this week. That's enough. Did Boyle do that? He did. Really? Still yeah. hurting about being questioned, his muscle mass yeah. at Bob's bar. Monday, he yelled
0: into the cameras, Cap running the cameras, ripped off his shirt and said, meaty boob, meaty moves, and started slapping him to yeah. show there was no give. There was a, and there was some give. <laughs>
2: The shamrock tattoo was blaring. Wow. So as I was burping AJ, here we had Boyle slapping his moves, going meaty moves. He was like Denzel at the end of training day. You got nothing
4: on me. It's how he signed off on Monday. (laughs) That was the ending of the show. (laughs) It was. Wow. The mothership had disconnected itself on Monday. (laughs) Like, I'm out, guys. I'll pick you up tomorrow. Wow, so starting, what, July
2: 24th, we have to have a segment called Meaty Moves around here. Meaty (laughs) Moves. Where we're bad
4: (laughs) boys. Meaty Move Monday. (laughs) Sports. (laughs) And what would Meaty
2: Move Monday perhaps be? That's for the interview process. I don't know. I mean, I guess it'll coincide with Low Libido Wednesday as well. (laughs) Interesting. So we'll have potential producers come, and we interview them and say, so what would be your concept for Meaty Move Monday? <laughs> what type of guests would you book? What's your
4: what's your vision for Meaty Move Monday? <laughs> Only heavy set guests. Well, I mean, it comes from a place where we were I wouldn't say disappointed, but we Boyle did not meet our expectations So maybe that It's kind of like A letdown segment okay. Like things that did not Pan out okay. Like We were expecting Boyle to wow us When his shirt came right, off Right at Right At Buzz And it was impressive But not as impressive As some were expecting So Meaty Move Monday
2: Is things that were Hyped up But ultimately fizzled yeah, oh, like,
4: oh The Poggers yeah. are 36 and 39 yeah, right. Meaty Move Monday It's a Meedy Meedy Move Monday move.
2: Yeah.
4: I love that
0: segment
2: <laughs> Scherzer and Verlander, two aces. <laughs> boop,
0: boop. It's a meaty move
2: Monday.
0: You could do the Cowboys oh. every Monday in December.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Chicago White Sox have upgraded at manager. <laughs> boop, boop. Meaty move Monday. Oh. Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies have lost three straight. <laughs> meaty, meaty move, move Monday. Monday.
0: <laughs> Get
2: your meaty moves here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> beep, beep. Back up the nipples.
2: <laughs> I got your fresh meaty moves
4: here. <laughs> Send the meaty moves guy.
0: <laughs> Caserta's Canadian bacon last week. Meaty move Monday.
2: Honk, honk. Get your meaty moves here. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Here's the Sixers, Tobias Harris, who knows that everybody wants him out of town.
3: Trade speculation, you know, casual Sixers fans, they'll trade before a crumble cookie. But at the end of the day, you know, they have to realize, like, you're, you know, it's, you're, you're not getting a 6'9 forward back who can, you know, damn near shoot 40% from three, guard other teams, best best player, uh, shoot, post-up, drive, play 70-plus games a year.
2: Oh, shut up. Oh, I'm not feeling yourself, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, oh. And really. Tobias Harris going down his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> and that is your sound check. He says they would trade me for a crumble cookie. And mm-hmm. that sounds like just a generic term. Like, oh, they would trade me for a chocolate chip cookie. They would trade me for a crumble cookie. A whatever. No, it's a type of cookie. I only know this because I saw how it was spelled everywhere. C-R-U-M-B-L. Mm-hmm. No E. So I looked this up. What's special about crumble cookies, crumble stands out for its variety and the way its cookies are served, hot and cold, based on which way it would
4: taste best. I'm unaware of this. Sounds like you are very aware of this, Bogues. Well, we have mentioned them more than once on the show because the gentleman to your left once posted a picture
1: online to get into a crumble cookie. and well, we... I, I was not online. My wife and my son were okay. online. So I I drove by another time and saw the long line. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he yeah. tagged them to try to cut the line on Twitter. Oh, that well, was the place point, that, that, that you did that. was at some point. I but, see. that.
2: I,
0: now I remember the story.
1: Different times during the day, the lines are a little shorter. But so there this is, is a national chain?
4: Uh, I mean, it's certainly a chain. I don't know how national it is. I but, think they were on Shark Tank.
1: Yeah, it's, it's newish
4: to the New York area. Yeah. 2021 was the year of the big cookie, so a lot of Mm. these places have boomed. And
0: honestly, unlike frozen yogurt, they've stayed afloat, and they're still very popular. Mm. You get them shipped. You can go to these stores. People love a monstrous cookie. Frozen
4: yogurt's taking a dive? Hmm. I mean, I I don't know if you've
0: noticed. I mean, have you seen a new Red Mango open in recent years? I haven't. (laughs) 16 Handles? Yeah.
4: by me. He's right. (laughs) My 16 Handles went underneath. Well, that's a shame.
2: I really like that business model where you go in, you choose your flavor, can mix your flavor, then add all the candy on top.
0: I knew that these places were doomed the moment they started selling cigarettes and scratch-offs. I knew that the first move. move... Are they doing that? Uh, they were, and they all closed down. Frozen yogurt place, I think people were really taking advantage. There's always so much good stuff. Then I think the pandemic really killed them because nobody wanted to hover
2: over the cage and right. stuff anymore. That did kill frozen yogurt because people didn't want to share the same topping stuff. And exactly. The same-
4: so we've lost the 16 handles by me, but there's a TCBY that was a line at the door well, sometimes. I'm not that's saying, like the original
0: version. I'm not saying that they don't exist entirely, but if you remember, there was like multiple, multiple chains on this and they were popping up everywhere. I mean, it's like a tumbleweed if you find a frozen yogurt stand anymore.
2: Well, <laughs> crumble cookies is apparently just a Northeast thing. So okay, now this is, gonna, this is only going to re-enhance my embargo on all things local here. But crumble cookies apparently are a big deal and
4: how do you serve them hot and cold? I've never had one. I just know of how uh, popular they
1: are. Pete? I was brought home a hot one. I have not... Had a cold Uh, one. It's just like eating a Pop Tart. You could choose to have it warm or you could just have it cold, but it tastes delicious. Any cookie? There might be a different variety of ones that they serve that are hot and some that are serve that are cold.
4: Yeah. But like Sean's right, nothing benefited more from the stay-at-home COVID than these huge cookies. mm. Like all of these businesses exploit people just having them shipped to their house. They make them at home and they mail them to you at your home. And comforting, we want to be fatter as a society. Mm -hmm. And they're bigger. They're like on the way to being like a pie. So you, yes. you heat them up, and you almost need a knife and a fork to eat them. I
2: think Domino's started to go down this road, right? Didn't they, did. they do a cookie pie?
4: They did. They did do the cookie pie. The Domino's started to fall there,
1: but it's still very thin compared to some of the bigger, <laughs> thicker that. ones that you get. <laughs> That's just an example of it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why was Domino's ser- serving cookies? Well, boy, they've really expanded into weird things. I mean, Domino's started to do everything, right? Well, they
2: should I mean, specialize in pizza first, and then expand. They're doing pizza. They're doing... Breadsticks, they're doing what cookies. They breadsticks they're doing, they're forever. Do, they're doing wings. They've been doing wings forever. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, they do a lot more than pizza. No, And are they the one with the Papaditas? Probably. Oh, that's Papa John's. Oh, right. good point.
1: <laughs> and I think Papa <laughs> John's point. is better than Domino's. Correct. Okay. Well, at so, least it's got the Schwartz stamp of approval. Yeah. The crumble cookie.
2: Okay. So I don't know much about <laughs> this, but Tobias Harris said
1: they would trade me for a crumble cookie. You know what? I may bring in some next week. Oh, that would be nice. No, well, one be here. no, no one's going to be here. No one's going to be here. The 4th. Okay. Um, no, well, I'll be here Wednesday and Friday. I'm off all week. I had to call Friday. I'm here. I yeah. had to call off my paternity week
2: this week because this guy's leaving. Yeah. So we had to try to synchronize more days together. I don't the, know if that was a good idea or a bad idea.
0: Yeah,
3: leaving it to the state north of Pennsylvania. <laughs>
0: we'll see. Uh, by the way, quick, Rod in Alabama want to let us know. They have Crumble Cookie in Alabama. Oh, okay, so good. It's free. it's free from
2: the embargo. All right, more. the no. embargo right? is up. It's lifted the embargo's lifted <laughs> Peter Schwartz is in for headlines no what was it man move mondays no me, me move mondays. no meaty move mondays here <laughs> on to more flowery things yesterday we learned something that i'm really still stunned to a news over we were doing a story about potty training yes about potty training uh, I- all right <laughs> Mm. because,
4: well, of course, and... Oh, it was analytics about oopsies. It was analytics about oopsies. Because Sean's the poop guy. Why am I the poop guy? Right. Do I have to be the poop guy at my new gig? At the new gig, we were wondering, does he take
2: the briefcase of poop guy stuff over there, Mm -hmm. kind of like Gallagher with the mallet? Does he take all of those toys, all of those antics over there? Carrot
3: top with the box.
2: Yeah. And... And we think that you know you should, because that's winning stuff. People love it. It's what has elevated you. But we wonder it's if good stuff, if, I, I, if they're I, I, ready, America loves it. If they're ready for that for that briefcase worth of of hijinks. So what we learned at advanced analytics was, at one point in time, Moraz's youngest sister Sarah was potty training and. his mom, Nancy, was out for the night she was working. So Bob was in charge of the kids. And Bob told Sarah, look, you need to learn how to go on your own. You don't get up off this toilet until you go. And ultimately, Nancy came home two hours later, and Sarah was asleep on the potty, head leaning on the hamper, (laughs) fast asleep. And what had happened was that Bob
4: got distracted by the 1994 Grammys. (laughs) <laughs> it was a great what-a-man performance. Right. Not a Rangers game, not a Giants breakdown. The 94 Grammys. The
2: 94 Grammys got Bob in a wormhole, and Nancy came back and said, where's our third child? And he said, uh, well, I forgot about her. Check the bathroom. And Nancy went in there, and the third child was asleep on the toilet because she had not gone yet. It was actually March 1st, 1995. <laughs> it was the 94 year of music. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. I see. So we were kind of awed at this. And so Bogus and I, and this happened at the very end of the show, and Bogus and I were just, like, stunned to a news and so we said, was that a really special Grammys? And so Bogues has actually done some research on
4: this. Well, but now I might need to do more research because you just changed the number on me. You said the 94 Grammys yesterday. So it was in it, 95, It was though? March 1st, 95. I had some clarifications, but it was the 94 year of music. Yes. All right. So, on, so the original, the March 1st of 94 show was a okay. doozy because yeah. it had... River of Dreams by Billy Joel. Amazing. That's a local fan That's favorite. That's his last album, I think, right? Yeah, River of Dreams was his last album. Living but, on the Edge by Aerosmith. Great album. Breathe Again by Tony Braxton and Kenny G. Wow. Breathe Again.
2: Breathe yeah. again. yeah, really good mid-90s
4: soft rock. Soft and then jazz. The, the big one <laughs> was Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Oh, and that is an iconic
2: right? song.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
2: I will always love you.
0: Unfortunately, at seven, that was probably the Grammys I was getting potty trained for. I don't know. <laughs> hmm.
4: Do you remember the scene in the Bodyguard where he like throws like the scarf over in the air and it drops and cuts over his like navy knife or whatever? No. Yeah, I don't know why I re- recall that from the early '90s.
2: Let's see. So, Bodyguard was '93, you said? I guess, yeah. That sounds about right. That was my eighth grade or ninth grade, and that was the last song for every of every dance. So every high school dance, 8th grade or ninth grade, the last song is The Bodyguard, I Will Always Love You. So it has a very
4: powerful effect on me. So if we're now, though, fast-forwarding to March 1 of 95. Yeah, what's that Grammys look like? The 37th annual Grammy Awards. The big winner that night, four wins for Bruce Springsteen based off of Streets of Philadelphia. Oh, wow! Yeah, that's a doozy. That's a big album as well, Streets of Philadelphia. Sean's already mentioned "What a Man" by Salt and Peppa. What did that win? That was one of the performances. Oh, okay. Cheryl Crow did "All I Want to Do" oh, on yeah. that show. Uh, that yeah. launched her career. Yeah, Cheryl Crow won
0: Best New Artist that that ah. so,
4: All I wanna do is have some fun. I got a feeling I'm not the only one. All I wanna do. <laughs> Is have some fun. What's interesting is I till the
2: sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard. I was putting together the playlist for our wedding, not the one you guys went to, the one on the boat, the one that stuck, the one that mattered, the gotcha. one that mattered. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm going to put this together. And my wife goes, okay, well, who's on it? And I said, well, I think we should put some Cheryl Crow on it. She goes, no. What? Wow. So what do you mean? She goes, I don't like Cheryl. And for some reason, her and her mom have an anti sheryl Crow thing. I don't know what that is. What is Cheryl Crow does it? The Lance buddy? Armstrong thing, maybe. I don't know. I've never gotten to the bottom of this. But I said I like Cheryl
4: Crow, but I wasn't allowed to put it on the playlist. Wow. Apparently, all your wife wants to do is not have some fun. Boo. Uh, there was also Boys to Men doing "I'll Make Love to You," which is a good song at the '95 Grammys, and that I think was their last big hit. They
2: began with Motown Philly three years earlier, and I think mm-hmm. by the time we get to "I Will Always mm-hmm. Make Love to You," I, I'll make love to I'll you. I'll make love to you. <laughs> if you want me make love to, you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm combining the Whitney Houston song and that, <laughs> but that was about it for those guys.
0: Uh, I mean, it for new albums. I mean, they continued to appear everywhere. Yeah,
4: since yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so I can see why Bob got distracted. Well, why can, Bob forgot about a kid?
0: Can I just say the best new artist category that year? Cheryl Crow wins. Green Day, Counting Crows, Ace of Base, and Crash Test Dummies. Holy crap! Wow, those were the five candidates for best new artist that year. And well, I, you can understand Bob leaves
2: a kid to sleep.
3: <laughs> you don't have you don't have that strong candidates now. You don't have you don't have anything close to that. Right.
2: So Pete, I I would I hate doing this because I realized that in 1994. My dad could have said the same thing. Oh, there's no new candidates like it was in 1974, like when I was. But I, if I watch the Grammys now, it doesn't feel like you have the heft of potential. Now, we don't know that in 1994, those artists will become what they become. Right. But I just, I don't feel like the music industry has the oh, same yeah. heft. There aren't big winners like, of course, Taylor Swift, Bieber. There's there's huge uh, Bruno Mars. There are Huge artists that yeah. will be iconic and are iconic, but it doesn't feel like we're well, creating uh, the same. I, right, a dead mouse, a Billy Eilish. I, I, they're not. They don't have the
0: same
4: water. Billy Eilish, <laughs> the best new, art... <laughs> the, the best new artist nominees from this past Grammys yeah. were. They, first of all, there's ten of them as opposed to five, right. and I don't know eight of them. Right. Of Samara Joy won. Don't know him, her, them. Mm-hmm. Anita, who I think I have heard of. Omar Apollo, Domi and J.D. Beck, Lotto. Is it Maniskin? I've heard of them. I don't know how to pronounce their name. Play Lotto. They're Mannequin. Like... That's the that's the movie from 1987. That's right. Incorrect, which King you'll Patron. probably watch soon. <laughs> that's two in the morning. I'm going to rank that one. Muni Long, Toby Wigway, Molly Tuttle I've heard of, and Wet Leg, which is Sean oh, has.
3: Okay.
2: All right go back 5 years. So there is extenuating circumstances because now with streaming, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, the way that you create a a successful new artist is not the way you used to. It's not radio play. That that's how Sheryl Crow and Counting Crows gets into that conversation in 1994 in 2023 Everything is just splintered, so you're going by downloads of 16-year-olds. At the same time, look what that's done. It's completely deflated the star power of these these new artists. Like, who's heard of any of those? Now, this is also, we're a bunch of 30 and 40-something white guys. It, Correct. We, we could benefit from somebody that's under the age of 35 here. Yeah. Which is why a Pat Boyle actually is of value here. Maybe he's heard of Manisquan or whatever.
0: Luckily, there'll be an opening for some younger blood here.
3: (laughs) Well, I I try to listen. uh, Not that I have it on uh, uh, my playlist. I try to listen to new stuff just for music I You do? Okay. You know, but research. Research. I've never heard of any of those people. That's why I told Bo, go back five years. Let's see what happened five years ago.
4: So even two years ago, you had Megan Thee Stallion, Phoebe Bridgers, and Doja Cat, who are all big deals right now. Mm Mm-hmm. But that so was maybe two years in two ago. Two years, some of these.
0: The point remains: if you're a father, and me and Peter, young father, Da, a young father now. That's right. You letting your kid fall asleep with their head on a hamper, demanding they go potty to watch these Grammys anymore? But you would do that for Cheryl Crow, and what a man. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, also depends, Times have changed. It also depends upon how far in the potty stage you're, out, you're on.
2: <laughs> Clearly, it was a frustrating stage right. for my sister. Right. It yeah. is rare, though, that there are television events that would make you have to leave the kid on the potty. Now, we have DVR now. Right. We have On Demand now. You True. can watch the clips on on YouTube. You can watch them on Twitter, what have you. At the same time, there's just not television events that you're like, I can't miss this. This is why the Super Bowl is still the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, In 94,
0: 95, you, if you're not watching that act live, you ain't seeing that act again.
2: Now, you might see it the next day on the Today Show, a little clip of it, but you're not seeing it in full. Right. No unless somebody taped it for you. So if Sarah wasn't going to go poopy, poopy, then sorry, you're falling asleep in there. I, I, I didn't get to see Shoop. Now, again, yeah. I mean, I
4: still think there's an argument for you should not forget your well, kid for anything on TV, I you see it. your point. You can kill Bob here. And we do have to, <laughs> to clarify,
0: he didn't want her to fall asleep there. He just forgot she existed. Right. Exactly. He, he got worse. For, he got mad at her and said, I'm not coming back here until you go. We sat down. Again, the Fritos were open. It was two hours later. My mom came home, and she asked where she was, and he realized, and we all realized, we had forgotten she existed.
2: Now, there's been a couple of these incidents in your home where you were worried about showering communally at, at college. Correct. <laughs> your, <laughs> your youngest sister had trouble with the potty. Yeah. Was there just traditional bathroom hesitation in the house, which maybe you're wow. making up for these days? It's a good point. I
0: I mean, perhaps there was some bathroom issues our whole lives. There was also the fish <laughs> tank incident in 92 in which I went fish for, uh, fish first, face first into the fish tank. <laughs> And to save the fish, while I was in the hospital getting stitched up, we threw the fish in the toilet bowl, but my Aunt Donna had to go to the bathroom <laughs> bed after some bad pizza, and the fish went down the tubes. That was January of 92. I think you remember the incident
2: in 92. During the Bills run. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible way to go. Bad pizza. Yeah, who's <laughs> ever had bad pizza?
0: I, it was my sister's second birthday party. I went through a fish tank. I had to get stitched up. I was a snot-nosed kid, and the only way to preserve the fish was nobody could use the bathroom in the house. My Aunt Donna, there was no holding back. I mean, to this day, my father and Aunt Donna don't talk. Maybe this is partially the beginning. (laughs) She killed the fish.
2: So the prized goldfish in the house. Two of them. Two of them saved by putting them in the toilet. Everyone is told at the party you cannot go to the upstairs bathroom. There are fish in there. Aunt Donna has a bad slice of pizza runs and says, I don't care about the goldfish. It's going to be thunderstorm for them. That was it, man. And that was it. And she just didn't care and flush and away we go.
0: Now, in fairness, this is pre-move to West Babylon. This is the Massapequa edges with only one bathroom in the house. <laughs> now... It does dawn on me, why did anybody not think to grab a flower vase, fill it up with some water, and put the fish in there? Mm. (laughs) The toilet felt like the lazy answer, and thus washed away.
4: Maybe they're alive, thriving somewhere. The pipes connect. Yeah, with party gifts, too. Yeah, it's in the Mediterranean somewhere, because that's how everything
2: connects. There's those huge carp there in front of, like, Mount Fuji's and sushi places. So it's possible
4: those two goldfish grew up to that. Yeah. Yeah, Do we at least know if Aunt Donna flushed beforehand to give them a more... Good Um, point. Honorable exit.
0: I believe this question's come up, and I believe the answer is there was no time for flushing first. (laughs) (laughs) So they saw their impending doom. (laughs) That is really terrible.
4: That is really terrible. (laughs) Which brings us back to yesterday's question. Is this a story for your new job or not?
2: What a way to go. Do you have to flush <laughs> this story? Do Do you have to shoehorn this in between a Yankees at the trade deadline show?
4: <laughs> okay, okay. season <laughs> okay, reminds guys, me guys, of i and my
2: guys, goldfish. <laughs> guys, 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 guys. I think what the Yankees need of the deadlines is another arm. And have I told you about the summer of '92? <laughs> <laughs> the, the incident in question. And there's Tiki, his jaw agape. What are we doing here? <laughs> huh? Huh? And <Aunt> Donna, <laughs> this kills down the hall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is this on? You should have heard Pete when I said the storms (laughs) are brewing. This was huge in Alabama. And I said, and they saw their impending doom. And Pete had to turn off his microphone. This kills down the hallway. (laughs) And crickets down there. And back to Buck Showalter at 877-337. Why are we taking a break? (laughs) No, no, no. Keep stretching. No, I got more stuff. Did I tell you about the Grammys? <laughs> the Grammys, ninety-four Grammys. I got a whole list here. Cheryl, saltwater, freshwater, lakes. Come on, I'm dying up here. <laughs> Let me eat something. <laughs> I'll eat whatever you got. What do you got? Bones, no bones. I'm going to put two chicken nuggets in a headband. Watch this. Quick, somebody make me laugh. There's something down here. I'll cough it up. Is it friction up and then down? What do I do? I forgot.
3: How's
2: this go? I forgot. Is the friction down? The laugh goes up.
3: Twenty-four or forty-eight in the crate
2: case. Check my underwear quickly. Give me a math problem. Who <laughs> know the answer. Come on. Me to spell ruler. Come on. Uh, have I told you I never took the
4: SATs? Huh? Huh? <laughs> hey, 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 hey.
2: I'm telling you, this kills.
4: <laughs> Tiki begging for a guy thing or not a
0: guy thing return. <laughs> you thought that was embarrassing. He'll be begging for Greg Camella. You <laughs>
1: will be begging for Coughlin. <laughs>
4: Can Jim Finn run through you? <laughs> <laughs> he, he starts sending Rondé in just to take some heat. And notice.
3: Are you wearing a gold jacket? Yeah.
2: I need a day, Rondé. Can you go in for me? Yeah, sure. Rondé just dresses up like Tiki. We don't know which one is which. Are you Siamese twins? That kills the a Come on. Do we want to explore Siamese twins? <laughs> Every day at two thirty, whereas comes into our studio. <sighs> it's tough down there. They're not. They don't get the poop stuff. They're not getting it.
4: <laughs> it's not working. Do we have to maybe not replace him for like six months in case they send him back to us?
3: Uh, no, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Four months of Carlos with a chaos. me <laughs> go, what's going on. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drive me insane.
2: <laughs> I finally saw his blow up over tutties on Instagram Oof. last night. Boy, that really, that was a trigger for, for Carlos. It was like, wow, he went from zero to 60. Yeah, and took a shot. For a guy like that who wears really weird sweaters to get that angry about tutties. It's good content. It's really good radio. But you're like, wow, that set you off. The tutties set you off. I huh. think there's a thing there brewing, though. DJ. Between Carlos and Pat. Because oh, yeah. Because people, because Carlos and people, I think Vegas has Pat as the favorite right now. You're seeing people want to
0: take shots now. Pat's the king of the oinks. People assume he's a favorite in some
2: way, shape, or form. Well, Vegas has him at plus 20, 125,
0: Ooh, I think. It is. People are going to jello wrestle to the death for this spot here. <laughs> Just don't call me and ask me how much it pays. <laughs>
1: 2nd, 2013, a new sports radio network launched. In the 10 years since, we've undermined the sterling reputation of CBS Sports on a daily basis. Here's another moment from the decade of D.A. This
2: was one of our first viral moments here on CBS Sports Radio. This was at The September, late September mark after the baseball season of year number two of us on the air. This was still when we were on overnights. We began, we launched in 2013 as we were the overnight show sandwiched between Pharrell on the bench, which was before us, and Tiki, Tierney, and Dana in the mornings. Then Dana left, and it was just Tiki and Tierney before us in the mornings, and we were doing overnights. And on the overnight show, Mraz, being a big fan of the team that plays in the Bronx, watched his hero retire, that emotional send-off for one Derek Jeter. And as he got more and more emotional, myself and Kenny Brock on the wheels of steel kept poking and twisting to get the waterworks going. And it really flooded that night here inside the CBS Sports Radio studios. This is from September twenty-seventh, 2014. Uh, Tuesday night, Moraz ended up uh, going to the stadium, Yankee Stadium, to cover um, the New York Yankee game and see Jeter in uh, the final home game that Moraz will see in person. And I
0: saw Rivera go. I've seen Callahan go, and I'm going to see uh, Jeter go, too. Mm-hmm. And he finally had his final at bat. Did it hit you? Oh, it hit me, because he came up in the seventh inning, and I did the math, and I said, he may not get another at-bat here. This is it for my life, and um, and it hit me, and I I got a little upset. He got on base. He got a base hit. The crowd roared. I was pumped up, and as fate would have it, he was able to come back to give us one last at-bat with the game on the line in the ninth inning, and he struck out to end the game, and when that happened, it was it, man. It was like stepping on an ant, an ant dying on your shoe. It It was over. And, you know, we laugh about it, and I, I thought about it all week, and now it's the week we all see. in the week's here, and it's, uh, it's, sad. It really is. It's just then Thursday night's going to be even rougher. It just, you're never going to watch him play a game again. You're never going to go to the stadium. You're never going to chant his name. It's sitting on the couch with my dad as a kid. And, stop, Kenny. It's. Those are your first memories of staying up late is watching, you know, Jeter get the big hits and Mr. November and, you know, winning the World Series. And it just... They're never going to have that again. That, you know, three champ, you know... Uh... <laughs> you're breaking up in there. When you just reminiscing, you think about all the glory years, it's just, it's over. It's all over. When Mo you- went, That's it. Jeter gone. When I sat in the car and I had the Yankees post game on and I kind of reflected and thought about every at-bat, I really flashed back and thought about the last 15 years of my life and something that's there is not going to be there anymore. And I I, I have two pieces of my head going. One wants to laugh at my idiot self and the other just can't help it. It's just, hey, man, it's a legend. You don't see legends come around in your lifetime often. And we have one here in New York and he's not coming back. He's not dead. No, he'll be there, but his career's dead. Moraz, any final words? We love you, Derek. Go get him the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take this anymore. I held it in for as long as I could. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the tears on this down this guy's face are so big. It's oh streaming. my god! Oh, he's weeping. He's openly weeping. Describe this ce- scene that's next to you.
3: <sighs> Miraz has both hands now in his face. <laughs> he's hunched over, the Buddha belly is hidden. The tears are just free-flowing down. The snot bubbles are coming out of his nose. It's quite a scene, DA. I, I can't
0: even I can't grasp what's happening right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just all his face. He just turned to me in his face. <laughs> His face is all red, and it's it's covered up by his big ham hock hands, and he's absolutely pouring, and we knew this was going to (laughs)
1: happen.
2: Oh, man. It was perfect to have Kenny Brock in here. The heartless, soulless, cutthroat Philly fan mocking Mirage from three feet away, and it was all a setup. We knew that Mraz had gone to the stadium to go see Jeter in his final chance to see Jeter in person. That was not the final game of the season. But we knew it, and we knew that Mraz was kind of getting emotional and nostalgic about it. So I told Brock, I go, hey, have Sinatra ready, okay? He goes, okay, I got it. I go, I'm going to ask Mraz about this game, and let's just keep poking him until he breaks. Brock goes, I got it. So as you heard in that clip, As Mraz gets more emotional, Brock rides the volume up of Sinatra. I did it my way. (laughs) And Mraz is starting to get more and more emotional, more and more wistful. And at one point, we edited that together to condense it. But there's a lot of dead air because Mraz has put his head in his two hands, rested his elbows on the desk in front of his computer, and just started sobbing into his hands as, I did it my <laughs> way. Started blaring. And Kenny and I were holding back the laughs to get Moraz to keep going. And then finally we're like, forget it. Let's just start laughing at this guy. And this is before we were on the simulcast. There was no video of this. So we went to commercial break quickly, maybe to a Schwartz update or something. And I ran into the control room to take a photo of Miraz And this clip went viral, this story went viral because we we sent out the audio of him crying. And then there's a picture of him like, Miraz, look up. And Mraz has one hand covering one eye and red, pink face, eyes filled with tears, looks at me like a dog in a shelter. And I snapped the photo and we attached that to the story and sent that out and put that in the clip. And that got picked up everywhere. Got picked up by local newspapers, local websites, but then Sports Illustrated's website picked it up. Barstool picked it up.
0: Barstool awful announcing CBSSports.com had it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Producer cries over Derek Jeter's retirement. This was the day before Jeter's final game. This was, as I said, the 27th of September 2014. And the 28th was his final game of the stadium. And that was the one against the Orioles where... Tie ball game, bottom nine, runners on first and second, and Jeter strokes the opposite field single. Game-winning walk-off RBI. That was his final moment as a player, but Mraz went to the game where he struck out the, his last at-bat <laughs> of the night. Did you boo him? No, And then I started didn't. crying.
0: I was, it was, and I, probably the first time anybody in America outside of this show even heard my name. Like that, that moment was, remember, we couldn't believe... We've had a lot of great moments. How viral it went. It was insane that week. I had to do, like, other radio interviews about me crying. (laughs) I was on, like, the Opie and Anthony show as a result of that. (laughs) Were you really? Yes. Yeah, the producer reached out to me. They wanted to, like, see how big of a loser I
2: was. (laughs) I would say in our ten years together, there were three moments from Miraz that burst louder and brighter than anything else. From a viral standpoint, this, the oopsie heard around the world, Mm. and then the pirate doorbell cam. Right. Mine eyes! Opening day win! Those were the three that got the most traction, and I think it's because people couldn't believe that this would be real, that he would cry over the retirement of a baseball player, that he would soil himself on air, while we were doing a radio show, and that when the Giants or the big boo, boo won a game opening weekend, he would walk outside of his house and scream <laughs> to the heavens,
4: My eyes, my eyes, Arr, babies. <laughs> I don't remember, Sean, did any any of the coverage of Giants Titans give you the hat trick? that they link all three stories? <laughs> nobody's
0: ever done it. Right? Nobody's been ever radio producer. Yeah, put together the pieces. Nobody's ever done it. And then I also had Tom Brady include me and in Up the Gut in his uh,
2: hater video. That was the other one. Right. Yeah. Right. But that wasn't all about you. 100 You were one of the haters that Brady right. tapped into. Still just an, a
0: ridiculously dumb thing for Tom Brady to include. I mean it has food recipes in it the column
2: so no pressure but I, I think the station down the hall wants you to go viral pretty quickly yeah. to help out that
1: radio show so Holy <laughs> f- my eyes <laughs> my eyes
4: and like what's my the eye! next what's the next well what's the next source you've done crying you've yeah. done the sweeping you've done bodily function yeah and you've done excitement right so what's the next theme Condescension—he's done with the sweeping, the gentleman's mop. Yeah, but that didn't take off like those no. these other three
0: things. No, I almost like need oil on my forehead. I need to grow like the biggest zit imaginable and have it explode onto <laughs> onto a microphone no. with a big sound. They might
3: be
2: getting past his peak. Maybe we squeezed Merez wow. for all the good stuff. Are they the Raiders? I'm like Warren Sapp <laughs> heading over there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Little. Uh, 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 Every Raider
4: that signed over the hill, Randy Moss, <laughs> Justin Tuck, Warren Sapp, all of the bad contracts. Will you get to week one on Lake Antonio Brown? <laughs> Good point.
0: I'm going to have some foot issues too. Yeah. Fit. Two weeks in, I finally get gout.
4: This is not my microphone. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to
2: send him back by Jan 1. Yeah, don't cry too much about Mraz leaving. <laughs> You're going to be Alec Minowid. They're going to send you back. (laughs) Wake him up. They're going to have to send it down to Tucson to make sure he gets his confidence back.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Jack's here crushing it. We can't take you back. Oh,
2: Imagine that. That That would be devastating.
4: I'd become Shep back
0: from Memphis. Really have to work (laughs) my way up.
4: Yeah, you you could reopen the pork store at least. I'm
0: I'm walking 16 dogs, putting together four part-time shifts, hoping Hickey quits. We're like, Meraz, did you run here? (laughs) I'm taking classes at NYU, so I have a place to live. (laughs) Where are you sleeping now, Meraz?
2: I'm just trying to work my way up,
0: man.
1: (laughs) Is Jack really a candidate for the job? Yes. Oh, God. If he wants it.
4: If it's not beneath him,
2: obviously the door is open to everybody within the yeah. company. Kai we, would,
4: we would not, we would not
2: <laughs> shun anybody. However, yeah. Porzingis, except
4: women, no women allowed. <laughs> I,
2: no, that's not true. <laughs> I know. However, <laughs> that person that will replace Mraz has to sit on the other side of the glass from Pete. So Pete is going to be my watchdog in every interview and in every mm-hmm. meeting. I can't speak for Pete of who he would prefer not be next to him (laughs) full-time. So while the door is open to all potential candidates, Pete does have ultimate call of that guy will never sit next to me every day for the rest of my career, so no.
0: Manning. There are two questions, though, and side B will tackle this one. Will this be the most important hire of Pete the Body's management career, number one? Number two, have you and Pete come up with secret, like baseball-like signals, a certain amount of pen clicks <laughs> yeah. that Pete fires off, you abort the
2: interview, and it's over? We have. What's wrong with trying to feed people? I've got to tell you, we haven't gone over those signs, but yesterday, Pete, you were in for the local side of things. Yeah. And as I was wrapping up, you were talking to Kevin Wall, who did our simulcast yeah. yesterday. And I, I overheard you talking about... A person that we've played some clips of here
1: yeah uncomfortable exchange with him the other night sunday night i was uh doing the hybrid shift both national and local uh-huh sunday night and um i got back to the studio uh, my newsroom there oh uh, man and went to go warm up dinner and i had some chinese food with me mm. and as i walked by jack goes what do you have there and i said uh, some chinese food he goes Oh, that's not healthy. I'm going to come to your house and cook for you. And I said, no, 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 that's okay. I got everything under control. No, no, no. I want to come and cook for you and your family. I said, no, no, no it's it's okay. My wife's. I want to teach your wife how to cook. Oh. And I said, I said Jack, that's just not going to happen. You're not coming anywhere near my house. <laughs> <laughs> and he continues to berate me all night about wanting to. Uh, go to a game with me. Come see a Long Island Ducks game. Um, I'm like, I'm like, you, you've got to stop this. This is this is not. Then he starts getting into pay. Like, what do you get paid for a shift? Mm. What do you think they get paid for a shift down the hall? It became a whole financial conversation. I said, I said, Jack, I, I'm I'm in the middle of getting ready for the next update. I can't have this conversation with you. This, I'm just I was curious. I'm trying to learn like like, so what do you make for a shift? Why didn't he ask the boss? Like, so like why can't he go to the appropriate people? Correct. And then this this conversation, probably total, lasted like twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes. Wow. So finally him... I got I I I lost it on him. And I said, Jack, the last twenty minutes are twenty minutes of my life I will never get back. And he looked at me with this like like, dead stare. Um, I know my social skills aren't very good, but I will take that as a cue to walk away from you right now. And you don't get mad at anybody. I, I don't get mad at The fact that he knew that you had snapped on him yeah. was finally the awakening that maybe he needed. Shut up. It's enough. Go away. You're not getting anywhere near my children or my wife. He did this to Moraz the other day asking him about how much he gets paid. Who, what co-worker asks that?
2: Go ask the boss what shift rates are. Yeah. It's so tacky and weird and rude, and it's just
1: it's bizarre behavior. And, and, oh, and do you get paid more here than you do at your other gigs? Who asks and, these questions? And, and, then, and then he goes... And go, how do you balance everything? Like, how do you work here and work the baseball well, that's and cover fair the hot like but, that's and, fair. And do they pay you the same that they you get paid well, that's here? Not. And I'm like, like, leave me alone. I What's mean, going on? I the fact that Jack
0: didn't walk away going, These 20 minutes are ones I won't get back after <laughs> <laughs> talking to Schwartz is amazing.
2: <laughs> You're I a still, beast. You're a tank. I, <laughs> So, as I said, the door for Marazzi's job is open to everybody.
4: However. I think he just got hired. Again, however, you guys keep telling all these stories. I'm the one pushing it here, and I look, haven't heard no, a reason look. not to bring him in. Yeah, I won't best, fill in anymore The if
1: best, he's producing okay. the
4: show. You won't fill in. I know that Pete probably
2: will never work on the show again. I think we'll have a lot of people that just refuse to work around here. No,
0: The best way to view this is the Texans begin training camp with a chance to win the Super Bowl. Will they? I mean, it's the best way I can compare certain people to interviewing for this oh, job.
3: So we're the Texans now.
1: No, no, no. He's no. the
4: Texans.
1: <laughs> that's a good analogy. I like that. One. You were Bill O'Brien. Everybody Pete. starts zero and zero in the season, <laughs> yes.
4: but we know the reality. <laughs> exactly. Somebody's the Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's unbelievable. He is unbelievable. It is un. Who badgers somebody, I'm going to go teach your wife how to cook? Terrible. Who badgers somebody and says, I'm going to teach your wife how to cook? You that know, being you
0: said, know. that's a great reality show for three weeks. Jack lives there and cooks for the
1: Schwartzes. You know, uh, shows, I will call um, the cap police. Cap on the Tangier. I will call the police. Jack Cam.
3: It shows the restraint on Peter because if, if anyone else was asked that question, they would have knocked Jack out.
2: It's a rude question. It's a very All of those rude question. questions are rude.
3: It's a very rude question. Says that about your wife? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's it's, rude. That's very rude. You should apologize.
2: A, it's very
4: rude. <laughs> you don't want to hear Pete scold and try to bring
1: Jack up through the world? Come on. Listen so to that. Know, there, Family. Would an, there would be an implosion here if that happened. There really would. There, you can't. It really would. You can't put anybody on this floor in that position. <laughs> because you have to remember, too, if there's an implosion here, the ripple effect will be felt down the hall. That's right. Upstairs, the other outlets that are owned by this company. Let's go, Jets. And let's be honest. Let's be honest.
4: (laughs) You guys can talk a big game. Nobody's quitting over Jack, okay? Everyone's going to still show up and take their paychecks and deal with whatever they have to deal
2: with. You start sending out resumes, though. You start looking at other places. You start transitioning to subways. and.
0: Uh Bogues became like a Jack teacher, so to speak. And he tried to distance himself for that, but now I'm getting the sense Bogus is back in on wanting his guy that he mentored rising to prominence. You can call I'm, me whatever you would
4: like. I'm looking out for DA Show 2.0, and there's only a handful of names right now in house that can create the
1: content that Jack could. Is a very short list. I am so disappointed in you. <laughs> I, I really. That's fine. I'll accept I've that. I've known you for a very long time. You have. We've, we've worked together at several places, and I don't think you need to change your diet. I consider you a close friend.
4: <laughs> Thank you, but I am Same so here. disappointed in you now. I can't be perfect, Peter.
2: Bogues isn't wrong. There is a lot of content. I'm to scratching mi- for and off of Bradley's list of to school. mine <laughs> from from him, but it would cause such disdain around here. We we all like coming to work, generally speaking, around here. If we knew he was here. How much what chunk of joy is sucked out of every day showing up? A lot of rundown
0: emails would start with, I'm working from home, Brewers (laughs) Royals tonight.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Staying up for Otani at (laughs) ads.
0: Analytics is just a term that's kind of thrown around a
1: lot. It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. All right, so what
2: dessert trend do you prefer, big cookies or frozen yogurt? 71% of you say big cookies. Now, data tells us that June is National Frozen Yogurt Month in the U.S., Pro-Yo contains bacteria that's good for you. This bacteria can lower your cholesterol and boost your immune system. Americans consume over 200 billion cookies per year. The actual cookies used for the cookie monster on Sesame Street are painted rice cakes. The first Crumble cookie opened in Logan, Utah in 2017. Now Crumble sells flavors like mango frozen yogurt and Kentucky butter cake. And it is a national brand. Heard from a lot of aliens today that they've got Crumble cookie places in their hometown, so this is all across the country. Mraz's favorite cookie is the standard Oreo. You'll be happy to know that for the birthday this year, the Bourbon Bell purchased me an Oreo ice cream cake. Humana, humana, humana. Delicious. White vanilla ice cream, crumbles of Oreo in the cake, and then the bottom is all Oreo, Oreo cookie. Oh, God. It's delicious. Oh, God. What did we do for the fail today here? Are we sure down
0: the hole wants all my
1: gimmicks? Okay, here's the fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail.
2: I think what the Yankees need of the deadlines is another arm. And have I told you about the summer of 92? <laughs> <laughs> the incident in question. And there's Tiki, his jaw agape. What are we doing here? (laughs) Huh? Huh? And Donna, (laughs) this
0: kills down the hall. When we come back, more of your trashes, and we'll do something else. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. (laughs)
2: Is this on? You should have heard Pete when I said the storms are (laughs) brewing. This was huge in Alabama. And I said... And they saw their impending doom. And Pete had to turn off his microphone. This kills down the
4: hallway.
2: Is Table
0: Rock a strip
2: club? Why are we taking a break? <laughs> no, no, no. Keep stretching. No, I got more stuff. Did I tell you about the Grammys? The Grammys. 94 Grammys. I got a whole list here. Cheryl <laughs> Salt water. Fresh water. Lakes. Come on, I'm dying up here. <laughs> Let me eat something.
0: <laughs> I'll eat whatever you got. What do you got? Hi, hey, hello. I'm in the room. We're hanging out. I'm in your basement. Ba, ba, ba.
2: Bones? No bones? i <laughs> put two chicken nuggets in a headband. Watch this. Quick, somebody make me laugh. There's something down here. I'll cough it up. Is it friction up and then down? What do I do?
0: Uh, hey, what I doing? <laughs>
2: How's this going? I forgot. Is the friction down.
0: The laugh goes up. Kirk Cousins is the ultimate egg layer. He might as well be nicknamed the rooster.
3: 24 or 48 in the crate case. Check
2: my underwear quickly. Give me a math problem.
4: You know the answer. Come
2: on. It's be the spell ruler. Come on. Uh, have I told you I never took the SATs? Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I'm telling you, this kills.
1: Epic fail, you loser.
2: That
1: is why you fail.
2: Epic fail. Comeback Kid tweets. I'm sorry, guys. The only choice to take Mraz's job is Pat Boyle. I stand firm on this every day. Hashtag people want Boyle. Well, interviews will start after the 4th of July. We'll collect some names and start doing interviews. But also, if you're interested in this job, this is a public posting. And so you can reach out to the DA show. And we might set up an interview for On Air. And we will see what you got during the show. What do you think? Yeti Confetti says that Jack asking other employees about their pay is federally protected. Okay, Yeti Confetti, but then you have the conversation with him. Nobody around here wants to have that. (laughs) Thanks to Sean Mraz, Pete the Body Bilotti, Andrew Bogish, Peter Schwartz, and Andrew Kaplan. I'm DA. We'll see you tomorrow. The Mothership Disconnects.